Okay, welcome to Legacy Owners Live, and let's go ahead and bring Kale on as well. Hey, Kale, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. So let's go ahead and get kicked off. This is our first actual Legacy Owners Live. It's been a minute uh, since I've been live, and I've got the the heart pounding and the and the nerves <laughs> going, you know. But hopefully, uh, hopefully, we've got some good content to share with everybody here. So let's go ahead and introduce you real quick. I think people know me a bit, but uh, why don't you go ahead and tell me and tell everybody else about yourself? Yeah. So um, I'm Kale, and I. Um, work at Legacy and I've been with Legacy for about a year and a half now. And um, I started out as a business admin, but now I'm um, doing marketing for Legacy and I love it. <laughs> awesome. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So um, let's talk a little bit about uh, leg leaving a legacy, right? So leaving a legacy and and what we do at Legacy Global, uh, we help people uh, with charitable planning, right? We help with, with complicated gifts to charity and help with tax strategies really is what it is. So a lot of our clients are, are donors and, and financial advisors, insurance uh, professionals, uh, wealth advisors, uh, family office, things like that. So, um, so we help with the charitable aspect of that. Uh, is there anything that you would like to add to that as well? Um, other than we do a lot, we do it all. <laughs> we take we take a lot of um, basically anything. If you want to donate anything, we can take care of it. And so that's, I think, what sets us apart. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of brings us into our next topic of, of year-end giving and what we wanted to talk about there just because even though we can take pretty much anything, there is a time frame for which we can take take things. And so as the year of 2021 is winding down, uh, people can, can donate complicated assets still, but if they call us December 31st wanting to donate real estate, it's gonna be pretty difficult, right? Yeah, that's a problem. So, <laughs> that's a problem. And, and I, <laughs> And there have been uh, a couple of years where Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's Eve, we're, we're working our tails off just because we're trying to get those year-end gifts in. So we thought we'd just do a quick live um, to talk about what that process is and some things to think about as we enter October because we are rapidly approaching year-end, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't believe it's already October of 2021. I know it goes by so quickly. So, <laughs> yes, it does. So uh, for those who are watching, be sure to leave comments of where you're watching from, maybe what platform you're watching on, but also your questions that you have uh, in regards to charity, ph philanthropic giving, anything like that, that uh, that you might need help with. We're here to answer your questions and we're going to actually start doing this. We're going to start to be doing this uh, every week. Right. Yeah. So here's to consistency. Yes. <laughs> yep. It'll be really good. This is really exciting. Yeah. It's yeah very good. So. Absolutely. So it looks like we have Kirk and Beth here with us. So we're just going to highlight them here a little bit. Watching from LinkedIn, it looks like from Atlanta, Georgia. Awesome. Georgia. I've want, I've always wanted to go. I've never been. I've passed through there once and I told Kirk and Beth that once, but 
It's very humid. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go. <laughs> awesome. So let's talk about year-end gifting here. Um, so what kind of questions uh, do you have, Kale, about year-end gifting, year-end giving and year-end gifting? Yeah. So I have um, like probably a couple of questions. Um, they're kind of just basic. I just for people who like, what is year-end giving? What is, what, what is it? Because somebody like me who I didn't know anything about this before I came to Legacy, um, I, I didn't know any of this. So I'm just kind of asking basic questions. Um, but like Mike said, if anybody else has any questions along the way, we can answer those well. But um, the first one that I wanted to ask was, how would you describe um, year-end giving and year-end gifts? So with with year-end giving, you kind of want to uh, anticipate and plan ahead on, on what you're going to be earning for the year, especially as entrepreneurs, business owners. Um, you know, if you're making, if you're going to make a ton, uh, way more than, than you anticipated before, you're going to have some, some tax problems probably. Uh, and so you want to kind of anticipate how you can offset the taxes, but also how does that align with maybe your charitable mission that you have in your own family, uh, in your family office or, or just uh, in general. And so year end giving uh, really should be something that you talk about with your, you know, estate planning attorneys and your CPAs and your uh, finance professionals to kind of see exactly what kind of liabilities you might have this, uh, this year and, and what you're going to anticipate. And then how much would you want to give to either a, an end user charity or maybe even to your own family foundation or any kind of charitable entity like um, like a donor advice fund or a fiscal sponsorship, uh, things that legacy does for for clients. Um, and so that's just kind of something that you want to you want to think about as far as what year end gifting is. Yeah, I think that there's so many um, options. There's so many different ways that you can go about year and giving. And so I think it's just really important. I think the key here is just preparation um, and just knowing how much time you'll need for um, year and gifting. Because like Mike said, there is that 1231 deadline. And so I think thinking about it right now is really important. And I think that's something that we're going to be stressing a lot during this live. Um, but my next question was... Um, Going right into that, why why do people need to start thinking of year and giving now? Why is it a big deal now in October? Yeah, um, you know, we touched on it a little bit earlier where we were discussing, you know, depending on what kind of gift you are receiving or giving, uh, you want to make sure that you make preparations with with donating, uh, you know, appreciating assets, something like real estate or or stock or something like that. Uh, there's a process in which you do things in that order the order of which you do that process matters. Uh, and so with, with things like real estate, I love real estate. So I talk about it quite a bit, mm -hmm. but with real estate, you can't have any signed documents. If you're wanting to donate, you know, the whole real estate or partial of the real estate, uh, things can get a little complicated. And so you want to talk with your CPAs and your finance professionals and things like that. And with the year end, uh, it gets very busy for for those professionals as well. And so getting time with those professionals uh, can be difficult. And then getting enough time to where you have, you know, you can part out the real estate in the deed, you file it with the with the county, you get the appraisals done, 
uh, inspections, things like that. Um, it can be very time consuming and there can be a lot of wait time depending on how fast the county uh, for which you're selling the real estate can be. So you really want to think about what kind of time frame that's going to be. If you're wanting to do this the last week of the year, there's there's little we can do. There's some things we might be able to do, but if you wait to the last minute, uh, it can be extremely difficult to get that gift in on time and and make sure that it counts as a deduction for this year rather than next year. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of, I mean, if you put it off, if you keep putting it off, there's a lot of rush that'll go into the paperwork and you just want to make sure everybody um, has time to review the paperwork, review everything that's going to be um, needed to do your year in giving. So the mm -hmm. more time you give people, the better. Yeah, absolutely. And the more precise everything is going to be giving. Well, and you also think about like the rush, like what you were talking about. A lot of times there are expedite fees and yeah. And it takes away from the gift, but it also puts money out of your pocket because if you need an appraisal done immediately in a rush, the gift, the the money that you donate from the sale of the asset isn't going to cover that, right? And so mm -hmm. if you're paying more in, in expedite fees, you're really just paying more because of lack of planning. Yeah. Yep. So preparation is the key here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um. So... What can people do to prepare for year-end giving and what should people be thinking about? Yeah, so um, for preparing is what kind of what kind of assets are there? Uh, I think of you know someone on the side of needing the tax deduction, you're going to want to think about what kind of process is going to be involved. So you're going to want to meet with people like us you know, uh, professional charitable planners who can tell you what the process is going to be, what the time frame might be, uh, and meet with them on that to have a good plan. But then also having people like us meet with you and your financial professionals to see exactly what needs to be done. Because sometimes we need to run, you know, estimates and illustrations and things like that to kind of really hone down uh, what kind of deduction you're really going to need, whether it's going to be in a you know, a straight up uh, donor advice fund, or if it's going to be in a charitable trust or a charitable annuity, that's going to add time as well. And so you really want to kind of uh, talk with those professionals to make sure that you're, you're getting the right process in place rather than having to start all over towards the end of the year. But did that right. answer your question or was there another part of that? No, that, yeah, that's good. Um, I think, yeah, setting up appointments now, talking with people who you need to be talking to, um, do you need an appraisal done? Do you need to have an attorney look over some paperwork? Do you need mm -hmm. paperwork signed by third parties? Like that's all something that you need to consider um, right. now. Right. And and on the side of of being the one running the charity, you know, if you have if you have a five hundred one c three or if you have a fiscal sponsorship or a program fund or a donor advice fund, things right now that businesses are considering is how much do we need to donate and who are we going to donate it to. Um, some companies have that pre-assigned well in advance, um, but uh, you can go out to those companies and say, hey, we have this charitable mission. We'd, we'd like to be considered for any kind of donations you're going to make. And then talking with those organizations about what they can donate, uh, less than 10% of everything donated is cash in the entire world. And so, you know, help them. I would be helping them as a charity, helping them see what can be donated right? And what can be counted as a tax deduction. And so that's something I'd definitely be considering uh, 
for the year end is how am I going to try and help these organizations get their tax deduction in and also maximize donations to my charity? Yeah, that's, that's a great tip to think about for charities. Um, so there, we kind of talked about how there's a lot of different options and ways to go about it. So, um, what, what does the year in giving process look like for like a cash donation or non-cash? What does that process look like? Yeah. So for cash donations, it's pretty simple. You know, what, what you give, uh, typically can be deducted with cash. And, and there's a lot of times, um, you know, payment processors on, on charities websites. Uh, we use donor box, for example, for ours, but, uh, Stripe, uh, PayPal, uh, things like that. Uh, you can pretty much give to the very last minute, as long as that timestamp hits of, um, of when that payment is made or when that donation is made. Uh, that's pretty much a pretty simple, simple thing for cash. As yeah, far as cash. non, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, cash, um, cash donations. They're pretty simple. It, I think, time frame wise, it takes what like a week to two weeks, maybe to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So those are pretty. That's that's the good thing about the cash donation. Right, and, and you want to make sure that you make your donation fast enough to where the payment processor can put that through, just so that there's no there's no wiggle room. There's no uh, you're not giving any IRS auditors kind of a, a leg to stand on when it comes to that donation. So if I'm making it December 29th, but that's an ACH payment that's going to take five to ten business days, mm-hmm. you know, I want to make that yeah. well well in advance so that you know, the IRS can't come back at me and say, well, it didn't actually clear till, you know, second week of January of the next year. And then the the receipt from the issuing charity might come in January rather than in December. So you want to make sure that that's, that's well in advance as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so for non-cash. Yeah. For non-cash you want at least, you know, four to six weeks minimum. And so, you know, we're talking in October right now, but if you're talking non-cash donations, you're going to want to get things in, you know, before Thanksgiving to make sure yeah. that that things are in the process, things are going, uh, and and that that gift has time to clear before the end of December. And so I would say at least at least that. Okay. Yeah. And can you give examples of non-cash donations? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've, you know, Legacy, we, we do a lot of complicated uh, gifting, right? Uh, we've, we've done elephants, you know, live animals before, uh, and we care for them in the Thai elephant home in Thailand. And, um, real estate is a big one, big one for year end, uh, is, is real estate and, uh, appreciated stock. And so, so those have a very similar process. You know, you have to get that appraised by a third party appraiser, uh, who can give you the kind of the value of what it's worth, and then, then there's, you know, an IRS form 8283 that they have to fill out as well, sign that, get that to the charity. And then the charity can take that in. And, and depending on, depending on if it's real estate or, or stock or things like that, there's, there's a, a transfer process. You know, you, you write the deed for real estate, you, you get it filed with the, with the county that it resides in, uh, things like that. And then, you know, once it's donated, then that, that counts as the deduction. And then the process of, of selling the asset or investing the asset or using the asset for charitable use, depending on what it is, uh, that can happen well after. But uh, getting it into the charity to where it's filed with with the 
appropriate places, uh, that can take that can take quite a bit. Um, and then, will you talk about the letter of intent? Yeah. So, so sometimes, you know, with the holidays, we've run into a couple times where uh, members of the county, you know, the they might be taking vacation. It might take a little bit longer to process uh, those gifts. And so, writing a letter of intent, showing you know, or a pledge or something, where you're saying, "Hey, I am, I am going to donate this, this property, this real estate to charity." or this percentage of this real estate to charity, something like that, uh, where it's going to go past December 31st. But if we have that letter of intent, then a lot of times that's going to work to, to get the deduction. And even after, even if the property or the asset is transferred to the charity after December 31st, that letter of intent could be um, the saving grace to say, but mm -hmm. it's not... Um, it's not something I would always rely on because I would never, I'd never want to give an auditor, you know, room to, to argue on something like that. And so a letter of intent typically is good, but, uh, but I don't want to sit there and argue with an auditor on it, you know? Right. Right. So like, the main point is get it done now. Get it get done. All your, just plan ahead right now. So we don't have to deal with that, but we do have that if you need we it. We do. Yes. Yes. That is kind of a last ditch effort to make sure that you get what you need in on time. Mm -hmm. yeah. okay. And then once you write that letter of intent and you, and there's, I mean, you're going to want to make sure that gift gets completed. Okay. Yeah. Um, so just a couple more questions. Um, yeah. What, what is the average size of, of a gift and what are some common year in gifts? Um, so for, for common year end gifts, I mean, real estate is a big one. Um, cash obviously as well. So a lot of people do toy drives. Uh, there's, there's a lot there. Um, but as far as complicated assets go, uh, real estate, business interest, things like that are, are very common for year end. And so that's where you're going to want to make sure that, uh, you get that process planned out before, you know, four to six weeks before the end of the year. Okay. Um, and where or how do people decide where year-end gifts can go? Okay, so say that one more time. So how can people decide on where their gift is going to go? So like oh. if it's like, yeah. Yeah, so this is, this is why Legacy does so well at what it does, right? It's because it simplifies giving, right? So I have a, me and my wife, for example, have a donor advice fund. We also have a program fund with Legacy. Um, which we get do all of our giving through. Okay. And so at the year end, when we're doing our taxes and things like that, we don't have to remember everyone that we gave to, you know, every organization we gave to. Uh, so donating it to a donor advice fund or a program fund, fiscal sponsorship, whatever you want to call, call it. Um, it simplifies things to where once the gift goes in, then we can sit as a family and discuss what do we want to do with, you know, these assets. So if we were donating real estate, for example, moving that don that real estate into into a donor advice fund, okay, or or a fiscal sponsorship, and then selling it, you know, having legacy sell the property and actually getting liquid cash for it. Now we can talk about as a family, are we going to invest that and then grant out, you know, the surplus or grant out the returns, or do we want to start granting out to specific charities in our local communities? Do we want to give it to uh, maybe someone outside of the country, 
know, how do we do that? And that's something that we use as a family council. And that's how we train, you know, our kids on the impact of money. Uh, there's a whole, whole series that we're going to be doing on family councils and the family office and things like that as well. But, uh, but simplifying it into, into a, a single vehicle for yourself and your family, and then being able to have advisory rights and being a council member for the fiscal sponsorship and then deciding on where those go. Uh, we work with legacy, you know, as a family to make sure that those are going to appropriate places because there's a lot of fraud in the charitable space as well. So we want to make sure that, you know, money that we're granting out is an actual legitimate charity and legacy does a phenomenal job in making sure that they have all of the, their ducks in a row and they do all the due diligence for us. And we recommend the grants, but then legacy ultimately decides, you know, yay or nay on those donations, but they work closely with, with families and, and that works out great for us as well. Yeah. I love that you um, have your kids put input in that too. I think that's so great. Yeah. It's very important for, you know, for us to make sure that our family is involved, you know, and, and our, and our donor advice fund is more for me, my wife and my children to discuss, you know, our charitable giving, you know, but me and my sisters and my parents, for example, we are part, we're part of the council membership of the fiscal sponsorship, you know, Glover charities. And, and that involves the entire family. So my, my nieces, my nephews, my, my parents, uh, kind of gets them involved with with charitable giving, and then they could have their own donor advice funds or or sub programs or something like that for their own individual families. But how do we involve the entire family? Because when the entire family is involved in hands on philanthropy, is what we call it, uh, things change. You know, the family dynamic changes, traditions change, and you get to see the real impact money can have on your community, but also on the family. It's it's a phenomenal tool. Yeah. Well, and it's such a good example for your kids to start thinking of like now at an early age that giving is good and it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this, um, is kind of the last question. Mm -hmm. Um, can you talk about the cares act and what that has to do with year and giving? Right. So, so the cares act, I, I took some notes here real quick. But uh, so the CARES Act actually stands for, ready? Uh, the yeah. Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. Okay. It was a part of a like a, a $2 trillion, $2.2 trillion stimulus bill that that passed during the Trump era. But uh, but what it did with, with charity is normally when you give to charity, you, you could give 60% of your adjusted gross income. Okay. 60% of your AGI. And to, as part of the stimulus bill, what they wanted to do is try to pump more money into charities and give incentives for donors to give more. So they increased the 60% limit to 100% of your adjusted gross income, excluding donor advice funds. Donor advice funds were not a part of that. So you still get the 60% AGI there, but uh, to 501c3s, public uh, charities, and you know fiscal sponsorships, uh, I believe support organizations as well, uh, but don't quote me on that one. But you could give up to 100%. Now that passed uh, for 2020, and then as the as the 2020 came to an end, they extended it to the end of 2021. So people to the end of this year can still give up to 100% of their AGI to a qualifying vehicle. But there has not been talk about extending it to 2022 
And so that's most likely going to go back down to the 60% of the AGI. And so it's really good for, for donors, for example, to try and get organizations and donations into their charities uh, to, to try and have them cap out their, their donations. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why the CARES Act has been so, so good for charities is because people could give more and, and then also receive a, a tax deduction. But you know, the tax deduction is an interesting thing. There's been studies by Dr. Russell James, who we follow. Um, you know, he has a PhD in charitable giving, I think is, is what it's called. But uh, he, he does all these white papers and, and research studies. But the charitable deduction is not the primary reason why people give to charity. The primary reason is because you actually do get, you know, endorphins going into your body when you, when you donate, when you do something good, when you volunteer, right? And he actually terms it as the love rush. Right. You actually get this good feeling when you when you are helping other people. And that's the main reason why people give to charity. And then the tax deduction that. is kind of a nice we've seen it as, you know, the tax deduction being more of those who are not really philanthropic, those who are not really, you know, giving out of the kindness of their hearts, but more for the tax deduction. Uh, we've actually seen it where it started out for the tax deduction. But that love rush comes in and it's and it's literally like a drug, you know, it, it feels good. And then they turn to be to be real, real givers um, in the future. And so either way, it's a, a donation is a donation and we love it. Yeah, I love that. And I, I love that that thought on giving is giving you endorphins. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love it because that's something that you don't hear about when you think about mm -hmm. like here and giving and giving. You just think about, OK, who can I help? What charities need my help or who am I going to donate to? But just the fact that you act, it just makes you feel good. Yeah. And it's addicting. Yeah. It's like, oh, that just to help <laughs> others. It's just it's a good feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially in a time where people are more depressed, they're struggling yeah. to find happiness. Uh, they're trying to find purpose in their life, uh, giving to charity uh, or doing the hands-on philanthropy, volunteering with a local charity or a church or something like that, uh, that, you know, you always talk about how, you know, how can you love others if you can't love yourself? Well, my experience has been in order to love yourself, you have to first love others. And that's really where you discover, you know, your self, self value is, is how you're able to lift others up and and push them forward you know and it and eventually it, it elevates yourself yep and that's exactly what we need especially in today's world i feel like um the best thing to do is to love your neighbor and that's something that is getting lost right now so i yeah. think i think that's just important to do but absolutely um, agree. yeah but those are all the questions that i have for Good. you guys. Awesome. Awesome. I think that was really great for everyone to hear. Um, I feel like we've covered up, uh, or covered a lot of really good questions that people have had in the polls previously about the CARES Act. Um, and then also, I don't see any additional questions in the comments. So we'll go ahead and end this here. But next week, I want to talk about this next week. We've also had a lot of questions on YouTube about uh, donating with cryptocurrency, right? Especially uh, cryptocurrency and charitable remainder trusts. So we're actually going to have Melody Durfee next week on the show to talk about how that works, why people would want to donate cryptocurrency. Um, I think that can be pretty obvious, but uh, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about that next week. So uh, be sure to go to um, 
legacyglobal.org because we're going to be posting the event there and then making sure that you register for Legacy Owners Live. It's going to be every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Arizona time. Um, and right now, I guess that's 7 p.m. Eastern time. So be sure to to follow along on that. Is there anything else you wanted to, to discuss, Kale, about anything else? Uh, no, that was basically it. But I like this. This is fun. This All is right. Good. It's going to be fun. We'll see everybody next week. See you later. Hey, thank you.